Hello, and welcome to the Gut Feeling Podcast, speaking with musicians on how they found their sound. I'm your host, Gregory Adams. Gut Feeling is a podcast, um, obviously, but it's also a bi-weekly newsletter full of interviews, gear talks, music rewinds, label guides, and more. Recent newsletters have included talks with Toronto's Pony, Creeping Death guitarist Trey Pemberton, Love and Spoonful, Pop Icon John Sebastian, and more. You can subscribe to the newsletter for free at buttondown.email slash gutfeeling, where you can likewise find the archive. So it's been a while since the last podcast. That's that's just life, but I'm pretty excited to have picked back up for this one, which is with Lindsay Sung, a keyboardist, bassist, vocalist, drummer, filmmaker, radio show host, author, baker, activist. It's it's a pretty stacked resume. Uh, most recently, she's playing bass in K-Car, a punk trio with plenty of roots in the Vancouver music scene. We'll get into that in the talk, but over the years, uh, Lindsay was also the self-described gorilla on roids playing drums in Victoria's Sob Story, a fantasy metal synth player in Le Petit Mort. She also played in Radio Berlin, one of my favorite uh, Vancouver bands of all time, Pink Mountaintops, Ice Palace, and more. Before we get into the talk, I just want to put it out there that nostalgia works in strange ways. A while ago on the K-Car Instagram, they posted some music and photos of Sob Story, who I'd never seen, but I had a feeling I knew the band for some reason. I keyed into the fact that I've held on to this old, late 90s show poster for one of my bands where we played the island. Sob Story were on the bill, but they had to drop off the show. Seeing the post kind of triggered like this false sentimentality, like like yearning for something that I didn't actually experience. A weird feeling, uh, to be honest, but but you know what? I'm, I'm glad I got some kind of closure, I guess I'll call it, uh, out of finally hearing the band. Long story short, it was great to catch up with Lindsay to find out about some of the stuff that I knew about her, uh, the many ways that she's affected uh, or impacted uh, local arts uh, over the years. The other projects she's done, I remember the Video Kill series uh, of uh, shows that she put on over the years, which is something we'll get into. Uh, I found out more about her current work uh, uh, for Coco Cakeland, her uh, cake design company. Uh, she's writing a few cookbooks around that. Uh, has in the past as well. Uh, just really cool stuff uh, all across the board. What I'll say is that this is a story of punk, I suppose, with doses of musical experimentation, gender studies, visibility, queer monster movies, uh, finding love in the metal scene, and, and the promise of both new music and new cookbooks. Without further ado, this is Lindsay Sung. Are you making cakes today? Are you, are you doing anything? Um, I'm actually working on a, uh, well, I'm working on two cookbooks right now, but the, oh, wow. the one I'm, I'm just sitting at my computer writing, but this, the one I'm working on right now is actually, I'm ghost writing a cookbook. Ah. <laughs> it's under like a pen name, which yeah. is, yeah, I, I got ah. to choose a wacky name. Yeah. It's actually a Tim Burton um, nightmare before Christmas baking book. Oh, wow. <laughs> How did you, I, uh, th- this, this is a legitimate question. Are we allowed to talk about this? Oh, I think it's fine. I don't think yeah. um, the powers that be will be, you know, tuning in. So yeah. How did you, how did you hook up with that? Um, well, I've been, you know, working on cookbooks for the last couple of years and um, baking and making cakes. And I have my, my blog and Instagram out there with all my different designs and stuff. And I, yeah, so this publisher, just sent me an email and said, Hey, any interest? And I was like, yes, indeed. <laughs> so, yeah. 
it's pretty, it's pretty fun, but it's actually, it's a really tight turnaround. So I'm really trying to crash it out right now, but yeah. <laughs> had, had, yeah. had you ever had you ever designed any cakes like around that theme before like any any jack skellington cakes no not like cakes? specifically jack skellington but yeah definitely some skulls you know i, I do have a undercover goth thing so i mean yeah, yeah black cats <laughs> <laughs> but nothing like specifically from that from that movie but yeah i love that movie and finally just watched it with my son a couple years ago and he's he's super getting into tim burton right now <laughs> so yeah. we just watched beetlejuice actually I mean, I've seen oh, yeah. it several times, but he, it's yeah. the first time he'd seen it. And oh man, it's such a wicked movie. <laughs> it's so good. I'd love to do a Beetlejuice cookbook, actually. Yeah, that could be an idea. That could yeah. be an idea. Anyway. Uh, is, 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 is your son into, into the baking? Like, do, do, do you work on projects together? Um, I mean, kind of. I mean, he just, he likes to just eat the cookies that I make. But <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely in the kitchen we actually love watching the great canadian baking show together he he likes the idea of cooking he loves nailed it too but yeah. um yeah it, it can be a little messy when he's in the kitchen so i i um if he if he shows interest i'll totally be like yeah we yeah. can do more of this <laughs> actually his his big interest right now is guitar which is so rad okay how, yeah. how 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 did, how did that ha- i feel like i've said that's these are all gonna be my questions how did that happen but uh <laughs> like like how, how, how did how did he get interested in the guitar like i like, like just are there just a few lying well, around the house honestly since he was you know could walk and stuff he would always just gravitate towards the visual look of the guitar so he'd pick it up and you know, or like a ukulele or something and just like pretend to shred since he was like one <laughs> um but then you know that you kind of need to have the finger dexterity and and patience to actually learn the instrument. So, I mean, I did try a few times when he was younger, but um, it was, yeah, last last year we started him with lessons. We have this awesome, like, metalhead dude neighbor who used to work at Long McQuaid, actually, um, teaching, less, or doing lessons and stuff, but he teaches out of his place now. And, yeah, so Teddy is doing lessons with him, and he's been doing them for, like, a year, I guess. Yeah, and the cool thing about Metal Wayne, as we call him, he doesn't it's not like learning you know open chords and like scales and stuff he just kind of takes you straight into like riffs <laughs> mm. so yeah so teddy's like you know playing like judas priest already and like metallica and stuff and yeah he just loves he loves a riff so yeah oh that's <laughs> it's pretty, awesome pretty cute yeah that's it's awesome. pretty amazing actually <laughs> yeah he's teaching so, me some judas priest <laughs> yeah what wh- yeah. which which song which songs rather? Uh, well pain painkiller is the oh, yeah. priest song um is it seek and destroy is the metallica one or is it search and destroy no seek and destroy um for whom the bell tolls <laughs> i know it's, it's wild but that's so it's pretty fun I love too. It. Yeah, yeah it's pretty fun <laughs> to play together yeah. So uh, now, now we know, uh, you know, the, the backstory of, of your son's musical journey. Uh, the, the, the reason why I wanted to get in touch with you is to likewise yeah. find out because we, you know, like I, run, I ran into you a lot in, in our 20s going to shows around I town. I saw, yeah. saw bands you were in, but I, I don't really know a ton about like mm-hmm, your general history. Like, uh, but <laughs> one, this was actually one of the nicest things. You're, you're the first person that has written a personal essay that is kind of actually <laughs> acting as a question list for me it's <laughs> Aww, really, yeah. really really well, wonderful you know <laughs> it, it was kind of true like we always would see each other in passing and stuff but I don't know if we'd ever had like a full conversation and I was like oh man Greg probably doesn't know too much about <laughs> my history and music and stuff so I'm just gonna like shit out this 
thing and it ended up being longer than you probably expected but hopefully <laughs> it's, it was, it's it was amazing helpful. i love it uh, <laughs> no, one of the, the first thing in there is that you, you mentioned that you started playing bands in the late 90s when when you were living in victoria bc i guess the first question mm-hmm, on that is yeah. is did you grow up in victoria no i grew up in burnaby actually grew up in the suburbs but my dad worked in east van so we you know always drive around around this area which where i live now but um yeah i grew up playing piano actually and never even imagined that i could play guitar and rip it in a band you know so Mm -hmm. i only um and my sisters didn't really listen to that type of music like my my i'd listen to whatever they were listening to and it was usually like pop music or whatever was on the radio and janet jackson and (laughs) so i love all that type of music too but I only really discovered sort of more like, I don't know, I guess rock or punk stuff in high school more. Okay. Um, but even then, I, there was no really real outlet. Like I never saw, you know, female students or whatever forming bands and stuff. Like there was there was a band, um, maybe when I was in grade 12, of these like of some dudes. But <laughs> I don't know. I, did, I was never exposed to like going to all ages shows and stuff in high school. So I didn't uh, kept, catch the bug in high yeah. school. Yeah, I mean, I definitely started listening to more alternative music and stuff like Coast 800 um, and like Lollapalooza and, you know, people were just into Nirvana and stuff. So I was exposed to it in that way. And um, one of my best friend's older brothers, you know, was super into music. So I would always borrow her tapes that she borrowed from him. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I got more um, exposed to like alternative music, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take mm-hmm. it back to the to piano lessons. Like, how early were you when you when you started? Like, that's that's something that you know. Ooh, uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like maybe. I mean, I I definitely took music lessons when I was probably like five or six or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, did piano lessons through elementary school and then dropped out in grade eight because <laughs> when I when I reached high school because piano was not cool. <laughs> but I mean, I'm so glad I have that that foundation and that that basis. You know. Yeah. Um, because yeah, great. of course it it uh, it led to some more fun stuff later on in life. <laughs> For sure, you didn't really start on like riffs though on the piano. Like what what kind of, like like how how formal oh, was no, like, this this teaching? Yeah. Was it like a lot of theory so, based stuff or? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely remember learning music theory, but do I remember it now? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so Royal, Royal Conservatory stuff, yeah. um, classical. You know, but my my mom was also really into musicals, so we would always have like the piano music to say like Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> like Les Misérables, and yeah. um, you know that type of stuff too. So yeah, and my sister and I would love to. She would play, and I would sing. <laughs> yeah, so all the musical stuff. So definitely grew up <laughs> around music in that way. So and yeah. my parents were into, you know, the Beatles and um, Sam Cooke and stuff like that. So I don't know. Lots of music at home, for sure. <laughs> did Did you do like recitals? Like, did you enjoy like the live Ooh, performance no. aspect of it? Ooh, no, no, no. I was so scared. I I remember. I mean, it, you know, doing piano lessons, there'd be like, oh, the annual Christmas recital, but I would just feel like absolutely sick to my stomach performing. I did not like performing on my own, <laughs> which yeah. I think is why I love bands because you're you've got the team support. You know, you can look over the drummer like the guitarist or whoever and be like yeah you know give them a smile and like just feel <laughs> like you're not alone <laughs> i just don't think i could ever be a solo artist yeah 
Well, let's let's go with. Let's, <laughs> I, I I really like the idea of team support there. Like, um, as 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 you're getting older, you know, you, you, you there is a band in 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 some capacity in Burnaby in in, in grade twelve. Uh, eventually, you, you I would assume you start going to shows, uh, and you could argue that yeah. you know the 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 music community there's there's team support in in several ways there from bands playing together, uh, friends supporting bands, all that. Like, how did you get involved in your uh, local music community? Well, I mean, I started going to shows, I guess, in like grade 12, because I, I used my older sister's ID. <laughs> so oh, I, I did, okay. I saw like, you know, the Smugglers and Cub and bands like that. But um, then when I moved, I, I went, moved to Victoria, I went to UVic and then lived in residence in the first year and um, got involved in, I don't know, just wanted to get involved with the radio station and like listening to the local like in the radio station like the university station and i remember that was the first time i'd ever heard um the velvet underground and nico it was femme fatale mm. and i was like mm. oh my gosh it really i remember listening to it and being like oh my god what a cool song <laughs> and then yeah just was listening to a lot of shows on on the university radio station and um and then from there would like find out about like all ages gigs or or shows that were happening at, on campus and stuff and that's kind of how I was like oh okay cool like maybe I could do this sometime <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? so yeah. Who, who was like the the first local band in Victoria that you saw Ooh, um I mean I, I saw the smugglers at like a, a, a club but yeah. I don't remember the, any of the names of the, the the first few bands that I saw <laughs> sure yeah um what what about the venues then like I saw a handful of shows in Victoria in uh, like the late nineties in, in general, those all took place at the little Fernwood. Yeah. I was going to say a little. Fernwood. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, did you yeah. spend a lot of time there? Um, I mean, once I was in a band myself, definitely more, you know, mm -hmm. but um, I mean, I was pretty involved in other stuff too. Um, I was, you know, did like a lot of anti-racist activism and I had a, a couple of radio shows and, yeah, so there's like a little bit of a activist vibe going on, and <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, of course, that is connected to like the all ages scene in some ways too. So, mm -hmm. what was your radio show? I had a show called The Bubblegum Crisis, and that was with my best pal um, Nicole, and we met through doing like women's studies together and living in residence. And actually, Nicole, um, I I bought her bass off of her. This is like, she was in, she joined a band or create, started a band called the Beelzebubies, which was a, um, like a feminist, uh, satanic worshiper band, I guess. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, Sounds you know, awesome. it, it had a, yeah, definitely, you know, there was a, it was tongue, tongue in cheek, but it was a hilarious, yeah. awesome band. Yeah. And so she bought, she had this like white Fender bass, jazz bass. And then she, that was the only band she ever was in. Um, and so I ended up buying it off of her, like, you know, after that band. And I still have that bass. So that's the bass I play. That was in 1998, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, um, what was your, what did you, did you play that bass in your, in your first band? Like, let's like, how, how did you start and what was the first band? So the first band I was in, it was originally called Horses for Change. <laughs> um, I liked the idea of just having sort of a silly name, but also a for change, meaning like, you know, there's like a political element or like working towards something better, you know, mm -hmm. and that 
I played the bass actually in that band, but it wasn't that it wasn't the white bass. It was my my friend's bass. And then I I actually sang and um, was I guess the front person, but I really did not like that. Yeah. Um, so it was me and um, three other people, um, and then the drummer who actually is one of my best friends from elementary school. She was Kayla at the time. Now they are now they're named Caleb, but they were the drummer, and they had just so much more pizzazz and personality and just that outgoingness that we quickly switched and I, I went to the drums and then they were the front person and it was just so much better yeah <laughs> yeah um and now they're like ahead. a tv star so it was definitely was the right move <laughs> okay what what what, what, yeah. what kind of tv do they do so they have a show called the fan fluffy show and it's okay. like a drag um story time show um oh. yeah it's on like I don't know what's the children's channel called. I forget, but yeah, um, it, yeah it's, okay. it's a popular, yeah, yeah. cool show. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, getting back to uh, just something you mentioned about about the name "Horses for Change," uh, mm -hmm. the idea of change, the idea of political activism. Like um, you, you mentioned, you know, the radio show uh, perhaps was also politically minded, uh, uh, anti-racist action. I think you said I might, I may. Have you just imagine <laughs> oh yeah that. so i had it i had a pop, like a indie pop show called the bubblegum crisis and then i also had the political show which was like a the, a woman of color uh, focus show and it was called the token zone oh <laughs> not okay. not token like weed but yeah. i mean there was moments of like, like that as well but <laughs> yeah it, it now, sort of referred to like being the token person of color in the room or the token person of color at like anything you know um mm -hmm. and just have that that pressure to represent or yeah so that was what the, that name sort of referred to many well, years ago. <laughs> maybe if you had those two uh, shows that were, I guess, separate from each other, but but Horses for Change kind of maybe brings the both together. Like when when yeah. did you realize uh, or or discover that 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 politics and music could coexist? Well, I think I was exposed to a lot of new ideas at university. You know, like all different types of clubs and stuff, and just being like and and. I I did my degree in women's studies, which is now it's called gender studies, but I did a degree in women's studies with a film studies minor. And um, yeah, you just get exposed to a lot of different um, critical theory, but also just, yeah, what people are out doing and feminism, et cetera. And I don't know, I really glomped onto it and, and uh, definitely played a role in also wanting to start a band and like having that sort of representation and um, putting on shows that, had you know queer queer folk or people of color or um mix of genders and stuff and just like everyone coming together to like have fun but also to be like yeah it doesn't have to be just like a, a, a five bill show and every single band is like a straight white dude <laughs> mm -hmm. you know so um yeah the, the the music and sort of what i was studying and the people that i was around all sort of like you know played off of each other and yeah. So as, as you're maybe like <laughs> cognizant of, of all that, like, do, do you see those bills change? Mm. I mean, yeah, yes, yes. And no, <laughs> I mean, for sure. Like it's, it's awesome to see in the last 20 years, they, the, the, so many more, you know, bands, it's not even like a, um, a thing anymore, really. Cause like women, you know, people of color, queer folk, everybody, yeah, there's, there's so many different bands out there now. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, of course, you still come across like the, those types of bills. But I think also the advent of like, you know, social media and like being able to put yourself out there and 
have that representation and people, you know, seeing, you know, oh, you know, like the Linda Lindas, for example. I don't, do you know that band? They're like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're so cute and awesome. But like, imagine all the young folks they're inspiring, you know? I mean, they Absolutely. even inspired me. I was like, oh man, I got to start an all Asian band now. <laughs> you know, I've, I've wanted to do that for years, but like I, yeah. I did reach out like almost immediately after I saw that that clip that went viral of them playing at this like library fest. I was like, oh, I've reached out to all these, you know, my, my cool Asian pals. And I'm like, okay, it's time to start a band. <laughs> so <laughs> we have a name, but we have, we haven't had a practice. <laughs> it's been okay. like a year or so. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> So, so you 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 start you start singing in in Horses for Change, but eventually you switch to drums. Uh, like, mm-hmm. had had you had you played shows as Horses for Change? Because because you kind of yeah, noted we played that. we played a yeah we played a couple of shows and then um, as Horses for Change and then um, yeah I switched to the drums and it's so much fun. Like I never played drums before and it was I love I love playing them even still I I love playing them. But <laughs> I um I call myself like a gorilla on roids. I'm playing. So okay. I, I just feel like I've got a real rough style, but it's <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> um. So so horses horses for change turns turns into sob story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, how how long had had sob story existed as as such? Oh man, that was so long ago. But I guess we probably were around for like a year. Yeah. People moved and broke up, <laughs> basically, yeah. and then it sort of fell apart. So. You you sent me a, a SoundCloud link of of like some demos that you recorded. Um, I don't I don't even remember recording that. And and um, my one one of my bandmates Lucas posted it like, and I was like, oh my god, we actually recorded something. So yeah. it was such a treasure and such a treat to hear it. And like, you know, just you relive the whole time period when you're listening to it. And I was just I couldn't stop laughing and like basically yeah. crying too because I was like, oh man, that was so much fun. And like being <laughs> just that whole. I don't know, a little scene we created that it, it was like magical. And it's like something you, you don't realize at the time that how awesome it is, you know, because you're young and stupid. And <laughs> yeah. um, I just wish I had more memorabilia and, and stuff like that from those days. Yeah. Like, I don't think I have one poster for a sob story show, even though I, I distinctly remember, um, you know, making them <laughs> and putting them yeah. up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's well, kind of why like, um I'm sorry go ahead no 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 go ahead so sorry sorry I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh no I it, so I'm in a band now um with two amazing women and I actually am like um consciously collecting things so I will I can have this to look look back to when I'm like 80 and it's kind of like the notebook you know <laughs> the movie when I have dementia and, I, and I'm like looking back at my life so I can flip through like this cool scrapbook of oh man you know yeah. So yeah, I'm just sort of being more conscious of like, oh, I'm going to collect that set list, and oh, I'm going to yeah. put that poster away so I can look at it later in like 20 years. I have a lot of show posters from bands that I played in, but I used to have just like a bunch of local show posters in oh, general. Yeah. Nice. yeah. But 
uh, my, my parents went through like a remodel at their house and I got rid of everything <laughs> except for the ones that I played, which I kind of regret because oh, yeah. there were some good gems in there. Good gems. I, I don't know if you can see this if you're on your iPhone here, but I just oh. sent you a flyer. It is at the Fernwood. It is the show that you almost played, oh, but but did not up. play. Okay. So if, if you can't see it, I'll give you the lineup. <laughs> Se- September okay, from, yes. from Vancouver. Life yes. Preserver, which was a joke band that I was in. We were a straight edge band, <laughs> oh all about God. competitive swimming. Uh, <laughs> there was the the Afterthought, the emo band from Courtney, BC. Yes. Uh, oh. Sob Story was to play, but but you Snap. dropped off the what band. What happened? I don't hey. know, but Andre's Last Chance played. Oh in stead. There's there's okay, like actually me. a little. <laughs> what was the name of the um, Courtney band again? Uh, the Afterthought. And and who was in that? Was it was it like it was um, was it five dudes? No, it was uh, the the guitar player's name was Jen. Oh, okay. Um, and then <laughs> I'm I'm Dan from Bison was in the band. Oh my god! Okay, I just found a photo of the sob story. We actually you know toured <laughs> um, to Courtney and we played like I think it was like the Elks Hall or something. And I saw a photo, and I'm pretty sure. Dan and isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, 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 and then, yeah, I forget the name of the band we bands we played with there, but it was a lot of yeah. fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's so funny! We could have been at, we could have played a show together so many years ago. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, what what kind what uh, kind of shows did you did you play with the Sob Story? Like, do you remember any of the bands that that you played with locally, or or I guess I guess you don't ooh. remember the Courtney show. Uh, I don't remember the names. Dang it! Um, if I had the posters, <laughs> I could tell you. I do remember we played a show in Duncan, and it was like a five band bill, and Hot Hot Heat was on the bill. <laughs> yeah. So we played with Hot Hot Heat, but they would never remember that, nor would yeah. they probably remember us. Although I know Steve, um, I, you know, I met him years later um, because he was roommates with Rich in Victoria, and Rich is my yeah was my boyfriend and now husband. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't. You know, they were like cool dudes, you know, back then, and they probably did, I, they probably didn't even see our set. <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh, and then, oh, you know what? Who also played that was M Blanket. I remember yeah, M Blanket. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, yeah. I don't know, three, three other bands. And the, and the venue was like, I don't, it was maybe some weird all ages bar or something. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't remember much. <laughs> but I do remember That's what okay. I wore strangely, though. I wore like a red sparkly leopard print skirt, a black asymmetrical shirt. <laughs> yeah. And a, a black hoodie. So, oh, yeah. and prob- probably a um, what do you call those? Um, a-, a studded, a studded wristband as well. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> for some reason, I really remember what I wore. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> how did how did Sob Story wind down? I'm pretty sure that there was a couple that was in the band and they split up. So that was mm. what happened. You yeah. know, you know how that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I, we didn't actually talk about the music on on that 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 SoundCloud uh, link you sent. Uh, oh. There's two two Ramones <laughs> covers in like a yep. seven song thing. Is is that maybe <laughs> kinda... how how you started the band? Is maybe like just kind of loosening up with a couple covers? I feel like yeah yeah. I mean Ramones they're just so much fun and like fast easy beats and stuff. So yeah, definitely was an inspo. <laughs> yeah. Um and then yeah, so really fast kind of punky just kind of thrashy, not knowing what you're doing, kind of just playing for fun and being yeah. idiots. 
with a political twinge. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what 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 were the politics that were in uh, those sob story songs then? Um, I mean, this was before trans visibility, really. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's so prominent now. So some of the songs were were about that yeah. representation and you know queerness and yeah. We um, also were we're total clowns. Like we we did a cover of Jesse's Girl. That was like our our big fun thing that we would do. <laughs> how 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 much longer had you stayed in victoria before moving to vancouver after sob story broke up i moved to vancouver i think fairly soon after yeah i graduated from uvic and then um a couple pals were had already moved to vancouver and then you know i I grew up in burnaby and also vancouver so i was i was like okay well i'm gonna go back home i guess (laughs) yeah um and then um yeah i rented like a basement suite with like two pals and yeah, just sort of got straight back into wanting to put on shows and sort of like figuring out the Vancouver scene. Cause, um, so we started yeah. a, I started another band called Lip Seymour with, with um, four other folks and started putting on shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sort of the same vibe, same, same reasoning, you know, that we, that we did it in Victoria and, but this band was a lot different musically. Yeah. <laughs> on on the booking booking side of that like uh, did did you have like a like a production company name or 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 did you just book him as oh. as, as Lin- Lindsay? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I just remembered our name. We did. It was um Faggy Kittens. It was like S- sorry, queer... can you say that, say that again? Faggy Kittens like that like queer positive yeah. cat themed. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. that was I think that was one of them. Yeah. Um and then later on I I I put on a couple shows under Destroy Children. <laughs> okay. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, yeah, so I, I did these events called Video Kill, which was um, music videos. This is before you could readily access music videos easily online and stuff. Um, so it would be like compilation of music videos, obscure ones, but also ones by local bands. And then it would there would be a performance. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, did those. And... Do you, do you remember what the first yeah. video kill was? Yeah, so it was at the Blinding Light, which okay. was a it was a movie theater, but they would play like only weird movies and only obscure, like they'd play like super eight, you know, music or sorry, film festivals. And the first video kill, um, a Luna Red, was it a Luna Red or Primes? A Luna Red played, and then we had like music videos, like a very early Black Mountain video, um, a Lipsy Mort video. <laughs> I yeah. Can't remember. Yeah. So. So tell me about Le Petit Mort then. Like, uh, how how did this band get going? Well, it was a sort of fantasy metal new wave synth band. So I I wrote the riffs and on a a really like piercingly painful. <laughs> I did not realize that these um these tones I was using at the time were so bad, but <laughs> um, just like an old Roland synth, you know. And mm-hmm. then we had a bass player, a guitarist, um, a drum sequencer, and a singer. So our whole thing was we just were, you know, we, we'd have like visuals. So like we'd make films and stuff for it. And then all the songs were um, like metal tinged, but again, with a like tongue in cheek. <laughs> um, also the, the riffs and the, the music was heavily inspired by the fact that I had started dating Rich, Rich Trawick from Three Inches of Blood. And mm-hmm. I had never been exposed to metal growing up. And so I would go to his shows and then be like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and just, I got super stoked on on metal and like riffs. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, started learning more about metal. And then for some reason, it just seeped into our music <laughs> of our band. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a pretty unique and hilarious band and like so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like it was more of an art project, but like we, we played a lot of fun shows and put on a lot of fun gigs and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, how, how did metal seep into your, your keyboard playing being, being a trained, <laughs> uh, you know, a uh, 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 recital, yeah, I mean, recital based performer originally? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I guess classical music and metal are, they share similar principles, right? But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> I'd never heard like, the, the, the whole British new wave heavy metal I'd, thing. I don't know. Sorry, I'm not being artic- very articulate about it, but I, I, all I can say is that the dating rich inspired the riffs of our of Lopez yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and, I, and, and the theme of the themes of the songs I forgot to say. So we would we would go like um, there's some medieval you know imagery and stuff that we would write lyrics and sing about. So yeah. that that was also the you know, metal inspiration. If you this is such a this is such a stupid question. I'll, I'm I'm apologizing ahead of time. But if, oh, no. if you if you remember, you know the 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 outfit you wore at that that sob story short. Do do you remember any like fantasy themed outfits, like any chainmail, any uh, or or was um, this like just pl- plains clothes? We, uh, fantasy? no no we yeah no not we didn't go like deep cosplay, but I wish we did actually. Now that you're saying that, <laughs> but we did go we did feel the costumes like we did you know lots of like. 80s um you know like uh half mitts and like hair pieces and stuff and um the outfits were definitely you know we definitely enjoyed dressing up <laughs> yeah. very like sort of new wavy i guess in, in the in the outfits do you do you remember any specifics about like the lyrics if they were taking uh this medieval tinge um <laughs> okay okay we had a song called gother size actually this is all coming back to me yeah. Um, and it was about this guy that, so we all lived off commercial drive and we'd always see this guy just like walking around and he had long black hair and like tight black jeans and like a black jean jacket, but he was also always just looking so lost. And so mm-hmm. we had a song about him called Gother Size and, it, and the lyrics, yeah, were, were dance, little boy dance with me. <laughs> um, Raven hair. I, I can't remember all the words, but that was, that was inspired by that, that guy. Um, we had a song called Hot Metal Nights, which, um, oh, and then we had a song called Dragon Slayer. So, yeah. It works. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> kind of the vibe that you're getting. Yeah. How, 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 many, how many shows did Le Petit Moi play? Like, I, I have, uh, oh, this comes yeah. up in almost, uh, this comes <clears throat> up in almost every interview I do. I have a spreadsheet of every single show I've seen. Oh, man, that's so cool. Show, show 568, January 8th, 2003. Le Petit Mall with the organ operation makeout Radio Berlin and the red light. My mouth is just dropped open. That's so cool. Was that um was that Rock for Choice? It was Rock for Choice. I have that in a, oh, a separate uh, column for for a little reminder of what it was. Greg, I have um some of that on video. Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So I'll I'll try and rustle that up. I can. It's, oh, I, that's amazing. I remember. I totally remember that show because. That was a sweet bill. That was awesome. That was a good show.
this is actually maybe a good point to jump into. You, you mentioned earlier that that you were studying uh, gender studies and film studies. You mentioned that you have filmed this 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 show that we both played. Uh, tell me tell me about b- being interested in film and and how this applies to, I guess, the music that you made over the years too. Yeah, I mean, I guess I grew up just being obsessed with movies. You know, just fascinated with them. Everything down to like you know the movie poster <laughs> yeah. and the design of the movie poster and like. And trailers and stuff and uh, I, I love I just love going to the movies and I still do um, yeah and then I, was, I, I thought about being a filmmaker or whatever working in film and um, yeah so after I did my gender studies and film studies degree I actually went to Emily Carr when I moved back to Vancouver and did a, a degree in integrated media so I did do a lot of sort of super eight film and video art and sort of music performance stuff and yeah. um, projects like that in, in my degree and also just out and about, you know, still putting on mm-hmm. shows and stuff in various capacities. Um, I mean, I, I I do love the idea of visuals with playing with music and <laughs> maybe it's so people don't look at me. <laughs> Now, yeah, yeah, you're you're behind the lens. Now, did did you mm-hmm. ever did you ever do any like behind the scenes kind of like uh, video work with Le Petit Mort? I'm not quite sure what you mean, but yeah, we we did we would do film and well, video I, I stuff guess yeah, or... did, yeah. Did you did you make any videos? I guess that's the simple. <laughs> I guess that's the easier way to, to phrase <laughs> we, that. We did. We did. Perfect. We made a 16 millimeter film actually set to a Le Petit Mort song, which yeah. I have to find, and it's it's basically a lesbian vampire movie. Oh wow! Yeah, I get killed in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's some black lace involved in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Uh, uh, how, how, how did you make? Did, did you make fake blood? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was corn syrup or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, black, black and white color for the video. It was color actually. Yeah. So it was part yeah. of a. It was part of a school project. So we yeah. so we could utilize you know all the equipment at school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dialogue. No, just it just straight up tune. Yeah, just yeah. with music. Cool. Cool. Oh, sorry. Oh no! I was gonna say the drum beat was inspired by um, a Susie song. I can't remember the song at the moment. Okay, Susie and the Banshees. <laughs> uh, did you did you ever show that film like uh, at a video kill? Not a, uh, not at a video kill, but we it showed at the blinding light. I, I can't remember what it was part of. Maybe it was part of a Emily Carr thing. But uh, yeah. my parents came, so that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my parents are awesome though. They they've supported all this wacky stuff over literally decades yeah. <laughs> and they still come out to my shows like um they didn't come out to the, this last k-car show but they came out to the one before that and yeah. it's just hilarious my mom like sent me photos after <laughs> a photo she took like, zoomed in on me playing bass that's so it's cute just so cute yeah it's like oh man you're i was like mom mom you never thought that <laughs> your 45 year old daughter would be still playing in a punk band <laughs> coming out to my shows like i remember my dad coming to um well, I mean, I remember my parents going to that that blinding light show with with that the lesbian vampire of the Seymour film. Yeah. But my dad, my parents came to like Pat's Pub to see Radio Berlin, you know, and um, Lipsy Mort played um, at some like um, I want it, it was it wasn't called the Fish Factory, but something. It was on Powell Street. Um, it oh. was a yeah, and we played with actually the Kremlin, Rich Rich's band. Yeah, yeah. My parents came. Yeah. yeah, my parents came to that, and it, yeah. I remember Rich, he had fallen off his bike or something. So he had a black eye and he, he was dressed wearing like a jean, like a jean vest, you know? So he looked like a deep 
I don't know, metal skid. <laughs> but my parents were just like, yeah, okay, this is Lindsay's boyfriend, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, side note that I've, I've yeah. really, I have really great supportive parents who still support all the weird stuff that I do. So That's truly great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel very lucky. <clears throat> Looking, looking back at Le Petit Mot, I'm just looking at these. Uh, uh, I'm looking at the essay again here. Uh, the the <laughs> says that you played like a kind of like. Um, I'm not sure if these are the same shows, but maybe like a weekend trip with a Racerata and the Need is is. Oh my God! Point. Yes, yeah, that was our that was our big highlight of our our Le Petit Mort career. <laughs> yeah. So We're so, so when 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 is when is that? Oh, when was that? Uh, I mean, I guess it was 2002. What, what, what was it? How, how did you get connected with that? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Just being part of the sort of the music and sort of art queer scene. There was some some ladies who were connected to um, the need. Yeah. So I think that was how how we got the hookup. Yeah. Yeah. So. Were those were those big shows? I mean, they were exciting for us. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, the 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 Vancouver show was at uh, Moose Tees, and yeah, it was like packed, right, with um, a pretty cool little crowd. <laughs> and then Victoria, I think we played at um, Thursdays, which is now Logan's, which I don't know if it's still still around. But yeah, yeah and that was a, a great show too. <laughs> uh, just because you mentioned it, like, what what can you tell me about Miss Tees? Because I think it's one honestly one of the great lost, forgotten oh, venues yeah. of, of the of this city. Sad times that it's no longer around, but yeah, there was definitely a, a place that we played a lot of shows and went to a lot of shows. Yeah, um, it was like a drag bar, I guess, or a queer bar, but um, had a lot of indie events and stuff, and was um, down the stairs. Was that on Pender? Like Hastings, um, Hastings, maybe Hastings, Hastings, West Hastings, yeah. <clears throat> and there was a, a giant gold curtain and just good vibes, like just you know, good folk. <laughs> how did le petit mort uh wind down running so, running theme as, as we're transitioning to band to band here <laughs> yeah so i was in radio berlin though while um i was also in le petit mort i'm pretty sure mm. yeah i was um and then two of the members moved to montreal to go to um concordia and i almost mm. went too actually but i didn't <laughs> actually I, I almost went as well and i was going to do like a master's in some sort of video art thing or something or mixed yeah. media but um i was dating rich and um deeply in love <laughs> but also i started playing radio berlin and then i was like oh man this is a lot of fun so i i stuck around So how yeah. how did you join Radio Berlin? Like, as uh, mm -hmm. the band had been around for a few years before you joined, like, how how did yeah. you connect with with them? Like, did, were you, did you know them prior to or? No, I didn't know them. Um, they, I think, getting involved in the music scene when I moved to Vancouver and then putting on shows and stuff. I think they, somebody must have seen me play in the Petit Mort. And then I remember actually we threw a insane um, New Year's Eve party. I guess it was 2001 into 2002 and Le Petit Mort played and Chris Frey was there. And I remember at the, sh at that party, he asked me if I wanted to join Radio Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he'd seen me play, I guess. So they knew I could play, I could play some synthesizer. <laughs> so um, yeah. 
And then, oh gosh, I was so nervous though. I was like, okay, oh my gosh, like a real band with like these three like cute guys, like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. But were, were, were you familiar with a lot of their stuff when, 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 when they asked you to join? I mean, I, I must've seen them, you know, um, but not like mega familiar, but um, got, got familiar quickly with all the music. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then also it was like, oh man, I love this band. Like they're all just, they're such brilliantly talented songwriters and performers and stuff. So, you know, when I reflect back on it, I'm like, oh, I was so lucky to <laughs> get to like be a part of that, I guess. Yeah. You you made uh, the Glass mm-hmm. album with them mm-hmm. in in two thousand three. Like, uh, I, I guess had you put out any releases prior to this? Because I guess you know you sent me that that SoundCloud like for, for the Sob yeah. Story demo. Like that was I'm, I'm not sure if you ever put that on a tape or anything. Like, had you no, put out any didn't. music? We had we actually recorded with Lipsy Ward, <laughs> yeah. and ooh, it's real bad. But um, <laughs> I I actually it's been my goal for like many, many years. I want to re-record all the, the Lipsy Moore songs. Yeah. Um, and it always something else comes up where I'm like, okay, but I have to just like find the time to just do it. Cause I, I want a better um, record of, of what, of all the songs. And I still remember them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think they're, they're, you know, they're fun, like catchy songs. And I was like, Oh man, I just want to, uh, but we do have, yeah, we have, we have a recording. It, we put out a CDR, self, um, self-published CDR, and yeah. uh, I have a copy somewhere. <laughs> it's it's awesome. I'm so stoked that we have that record. You know, yeah. Um, we yeah, four of us made different covers as well, so it's like a little fo- uh, four. It folds out into four different covers, and so you can like switch the cover around. Yeah, <laughs> it was like color photocopied. So. Who did uh, we actually now? You know, jumping backwards, I guess a little here on Le Petit Mall. Like, uh, if if you all made your individual covers uh, for that, like, what were they and and who did what? This is, I guess, also introducing the, the people of Le Petit Mall here. Oh man, um, I can sort of vaguely remember the covers right now. I really wish I had it in front of me. So I'm sorry, I can't answer that okay. very um, very well. Yeah. Um. So my friend Amy. And she was like my best friend in art, in art school. She and she now lives in um, New York, actually. She was the singer, and then Helen was the drum sequencer. But they now go by Reed, so their name is Reed Reed. Um, a woman named Jen, who is now like a art therapist, she played guitar. My cousin-in-law, so Rich's cousin Heather, played bass, and Heather is now like a experimental filmmaker, and she teaches mm. art to like kids at a, like a ritzy. Beverly Hills uh, private school. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And then that's everyone. And then me. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what, what can you tell me about just the, the dynamics within Radio Berlin? I mean, we practice quite a bit. <laughs> um, the, I mean, the dynamics, like I, I was pretty shy and nervous when I first joined for sure. Cause I didn't, I didn't really know um, Jack, Chris or Josh, but they were obviously just like the nicest and most welcoming uh, folks and Josh and Jack wrote out all the piano music or like tabs for all this their current songs and I would I would go home and just like you know practice big time on my <laughs> portable synthesizer in my bedroom <laughs> yeah um, and then would just show up at practice you know knowing all these these songs and um, I mm-hmm. eventually I got less nervous and got to know them especially like you know, going on tour and stuff, of course, and then they 
you know, they become like your brothers or like your, you know, you, you just, you spend so much time together and yeah, the good and the bad and the, the hilarious and the depressing and, <laughs> you know, you know, it's like, like being, being on tour and stuff and doing all the, like lots of driving and eating at a gas stations and stuff and sleeping at some random people's houses that you meet along the way, Yeah, you know, but honestly, I'm like, when I think back to it, I'm like, man, my parents were really like lenient. <laughs> but I guess I was protected pretty, pretty hard by my, by my crew though. Yeah. By, uh... <laughs> now, was that yeah. your first like exposure to, to tour life? Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how, how, how long were those? Like, I guess, you know, you'd, you'd done maybe like weekend trips with Le Petit Mall, like that, that Vancouver, yeah. Victoria, Erase, Arata, Need uh, stretch. Yeah. But like, uh, how, how, how long were like the Radio Berlin tours? Oh my gosh, I think our first tour was like five weeks. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I had no expectations. I had no idea what it was going to be like. And, um, you know, some shows are amazing and tons of people come out. And then some shows are like, literally one person comes, but but they still yeah. buy a record. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, I guess I'm staying at this one person's house tonight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's no budget for hotels and stuff. So really, yeah. Chris would always like make a friend and then we'd end up staying at this new friend's place (laughs) and everyone was always so cool, you know, like these, these new people we'd meet, but yeah, it's, it was wild times just to like end up on somebody's floor or couch or their spare bedroom or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We'd be so polite and like, and Chris would like cook breakfast and stuff and and they'd always be like, man, these Canadians are just so polite. (laughs) Where, where are there are there any cities that stand out out of out of those experiences? Oh, I mean, San Francisco and like you know New York and stuff. Just knowing people there and like people taking you around to do fun stuff and I don't know. I I, I think those those two cities probably stand out at the moment for some reason. Davis, California, just popped into my mind. Yeah, um, it was like yeah. an insane just house party, I guess. But like everybody knew our band and they, they were just so excited and. I don't even know how how do people know bands back then? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd have to be like more, more of a committed fan to to know really know a band, and so maybe yeah. that's what it was. It was like you knew that those people that were coming to your shows were actually actually fans, and didn't just like you know stumble yeah. upon it or something. In uh, in Davis, do do you remember any of the people in Davis? Because I I I I'm pretty sure we connected with. Um... <laughs> oh yeah. A guy named John who sang in a band called Corpse Fucks Corpse. They were kind of like a <laughs> Blood Brothersy kind of band. But oh like my John, god, we got connected to John through uh, Jack. Oh, okay, I'm sure it's the same same person. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, maybe we played with Corpse Fuck Corpse. <laughs> I don't remember that, but yeah. Um, and then you know we'd always have fun in Seattle too because it's close yeah. by. We ended up playing just going down for weekends sometimes and playing shows and making lots of lots of buddies there. And, yeah, I mean, we lot of, we met a lot of goths across America. Let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, going back to film slightly, you, uh, uh, accessible through YouTube uh, is your video for uh, Radio Berlin's DES. Yes, yeah, that's like twenty years old now, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's um, it was shot on Super Eight. It's black and white. <laughs> but once again, I'm just so glad I made that and have just some wacky little document of that time period, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really stress that enough to, although, I mean, today, like everybody's got iPhones, so everything is more simply documented as opposed yeah. to like having to like bring some clunky video camera or like 
take the take the time to do like a super eight of a show or something you know yeah. um so i guess it is a lot easier now to document stuff but i don't know i, I feel i feel so grateful that <laughs> i have some neat documentation from, from those days How long were you in Radio Berlin? Well, I joined in 2002 and then just kept on going until it sort of, I don't know, petered out a little bit, I guess. Josh leaves the band and and Brad McKinnon, uh, later of Bison, uh, joins the band. Like, do do you remember Mm -hmm. how that happened? I think, well, Black Mountain was sort of getting popular and getting some cool opportunities and stuff. And I think, I mean... it's very hard to commit. Well, obviously, you can't commit 100% to two bands. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Josh went um, to do, well, I guess it was, it was probably still Jerk with a Bomb at the time. Yeah, he just decided to do that full time. And then we eventually got Brad. So we actually yeah. had a different drummer very briefly. His name is Rob, and he used to play in the Black Halos. Yeah, 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 Rob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we we played with him briefly. He's he's real nice. Uh, but then that didn't really pan out. And then we ended up playing a show in Victoria with um, Fuck Me USA, which is Brad was the drummer in. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Chris approached him. Man, Chris is like a headhunter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he approached him to play to join our band, and he totally did. So and Brad is the best. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We became very very good friends. Um, yeah. You know. Just super posy core, hilarious guy, super nice, also yeah. awesome drummer. <laughs> he was like my little bro, you know? Yeah. We definitely we bonded yeah. big time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another band that you start playing with uh, roughly around, you know, there's some crossover here. Uh, you, you performed with Pink Mountaintops for a couple of years. Like, uh, what, what can you tell me mm-hmm. about just that project and, and, and how you got involved? Honestly, I was trying to remember how I how I started playing with, with Pink Mountaintops, but I'm sure it was Amber probably asked me because maybe Steve was looking for people or I don't know. Because um, Amber and I, Amber from Black Mountain, Lightning Dust, um, who is also like one of my best friends and has, was my roommate for many, many years. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't exactly remember how I got involved, but I ended up sticking around for two years and it was a really fun. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like a traveling band of, I don't know, of fun makers or something. Like there was a, a, I don't know, not a hippie vibe exactly, but it was so different from Radio Berlin, which was very like, you know, structured and like, um, Honestly, my personal style changed after I started playing with Pink Mountaintops because I was like deep goth, um, you know, stripes and like lace and just lots of black stuff playing um, with Radio Berlin, like heels and like black skirts and stuff. And then my my personal fashion style totally (laughs) started changing when I played with Pink Mountaintops because it, I mean, there was like conga. Is, it, is that the tall called tall drums <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. drums and like tambourines and um you know shakers and stuff and it just had such more of like a laid back and like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it was a lot of fun though
Um, th there's one band on here on this list that I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, Ice Palace with with Rich. Like, how how did? <laughs> yeah. So Rich and I started writing songs. Um, we went away and together up at Whistler, and then we did mushrooms, and then <laughs> we started writing like a bunch of wacky songs, and and then yeah, we put it out. Um, Steve Ballow, who do you know Steve? He actually yeah. he played bass in Pink Mountaintops as well. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He's been yeah. in a, he's been in a zillion bands. He sort of put out like a little um, CD label, and so we we released that Ice Palace album on that. Um, yeah, and then we recorded a second album with Josh actually, and then. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I can send send you the second one. I, I can't I can't find the first one. <laughs> yeah, um, by by wacky songs, what do you mean? Did I say wacky songs? I probably you did. Okay, well, you definitely use wacky. Know, more 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 dark, like synth. Um, Rich literally played the banjo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, lots of layered vocals and um, more like eerie. I don't know synth folk maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Great descriptor. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know, just like a personal project um, between yeah. us and never released it or did anything with it. Um, uh, but uh, I think I maybe sent it to like two labels, but yeah, you know, randomly. <laughs> we played one show and that was in our living room and mm -hmm. it was too much for me. I couldn't do it again. <laughs> so I, was yeah. too, I was too nervous, but I mean, that was a long time ago. I was like, I wonder if I tried performing now, if it would feel better since I'm like old and like don't don't really care anymore about certain things. But yeah, I'm not sure. How, how did you just because it, it is it is a whole whole different aspect to 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 you as a person to to uh, yeah a different artistic um drive like how, how did you end up becoming like a prolific baker <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that was a graceful way to transition but but that, that's that's this is how we got here um <laughs> so yeah i started baking like when i was 30 and I don't know, it, it kind of was a weird, I, I, I sort of hung up my music rig and then just sort of got deeply obsessed with baking and learning how to make cakes and um, decorating. And so I've always really enjoyed having like a, a, a strongly designed visual aesthetic, I guess, if that makes sense. And I just wanted to learn how to make a cake that looked really nice. <laughs> and then that sort of became my personal obsession. And then I started like a little cottage biz making cakes for people and also being a photographer and um you know someone interested in like i don't know design and stuff i i would photograph and document all my cakes and then put them online and then it, that it sort of like exploded a little bit from that because i would I'd, I'd put up some pretty cool little cute designs that people seem to connect with and i don't know then and now i'm a baker <laughs> now it's become my job yeah so i i I ended up getting like a book deal and uh, I had a, a, my first cookbook come out in 2018. And then I've got a, another one coming out next year and it's all plant-based cakes. 
but they're like okay. modern, modern sort of a cake that just you wouldn't. The idea is that it's like a cake for everyone, so it could be the cake that's at the table that oh, it's so it's delicious and nobody knows that it's vegan, but everybody can enjoy it type thing. So that's kind of the concept of the book. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's um, called plant cakes. Do you do you take commissions? I, I'm, that's that feels like the wrong word, but but do people? Yeah, no. I used to like that. That's kind of how I started was, you know, doing, you know, cake orders for clients and stuff, but it can, it got a little bit too, too hairy and a little bit stressful because I was doing like wedding cakes and stuff or, or cupcakes and I don't know, cakes for people's weddings. And that's just too much. I just want to mellow. I just want to be mellow. I don't want to (laughs) be, I trim, I got to trim out the stress in my life. Yeah. We actually haven't spoken about KCAR, really. Uh, uh, like, how did you join <laughs> KCAR, who, who had been a band for a while? Uh, uh, they had a different basis prior to you joining. Like, how did you get connected with, with KCAR? Yeah, so, I mean, I am I was already friends with Jenny and Fiona, but not in the same way that we're friends now because we see each other all the time. And, and you know, the more you hang out with someone, you, you get to know them better and you, you get closer. But, I mean, Fiona's husband Corey was in Pink Mountain Top so I mean I've known Fiona for a long time too and um, Jenny is married to Jeff Lee and Jeff and Rich my husband they were in their first band together 30 years ago they just had their 30th anniversary oh, wow. <laughs> of their, their yeah of their, their their being in the band together their band was called Love Canal Love Canal actually <laughs> opened for Green Day in Calgary like oh wow 30 years ago yeah which is yeah. was their first gig <laughs> Anyway, Jenny and Fiona, I've known for a while. Mm-hmm. And then Jenny and I's kids go to the same school. So we oh, right. we often see each other at drop off and pick up and stuff. And then just chit chatting away. And then she told me that their bass player was um, no longer going to be playing with them. And um, this guy, Metal Wayne, that I was telling you about, the guitar teacher. So I yeah. started taking guitar lessons too last year with him. Okay. And then, <laughs> yeah. Um, guitar is that one of the, the instruments that I don't really know. I mean, I can pick it up and like kind of play around, but I would, I, it's something that I wanted, I've always wanted to get better at. So I was like, oh, I think I'll take some lessons with Metal Wayne. <laughs> yeah. And so I was telling Jenny, I was taking lessons and then she's like, oh, you should take, you should take bass lessons. And then, and then um, she was like, oh yeah, our bass, because our bass player just quit. And then she's like, do you want to, do you want to join K-Car? <laughs> so that's kind of how it happened. That was a very long story to tell you that. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, one of the things that I've noticed, I haven't seen K-Car, but I have seen footage of K-Car. <laughs> it seems to me that, that the band plays like a lot of outdoor shows. Like there was a, sh- a show underneath the Candy Street <laughs> oh, Bridge. Oh, my God. Uh, yes, there was, that... <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe we'll start with that. Like, like, how did you end up booking a show like underneath the busy I think we just, we just love the fresh air. Um, yeah, so that was my first show with K-Car. And... My hands were very cold, actually, but because um, <laughs> it was like end of October and it was quite cold. So that was like an antisocial um, uh, sort of gig that they helped organize. And it was part of like this skate fest thing that they were, um, that was under the Canby Street Bridge. Yeah. So there was like a bunch of, I, I think it, the idea was, you know, they wanted to show that as always, like the, the, the skate scene, it always has a bad rap, but like, it's, it's so much fun. Like, 
skateboarding, which I've learned Absolutely. recently because yeah. I, I started I started skateboarding again this summer. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was it was part of a, a, a sort of a skate themed um, look. Skating is awesome, Posicore gig. So that was that, <laughs> and then we played the Lido and a couple months later. So that was a, my first indoor gig with KCAR. And, <laughs> and then we played um, a block party, which um, I organized a block party just in our neighborhood. And that was a lot of fun. We played with Night Court. And then we played Jenny's family's campground as well in the summer. Another outdoor yeah. gig. Um, with, with the block <laughs> party, like uh, called Block Lobster. Was was that the, the name of the? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Block Lobster. Tell tell me about this the 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 vibe of of that show. Like, what was it? Was it like a communal spirit kind of thing? Like, did did your neighbors find out what you guys do? Like, uh... <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, the the yeah the point of it was just like yeah, neighbors, come on out. Let's let's throw a fun thing, you know, in the community and get to know the people around us. And I don't know. And also, like, there's so many kids that live around here, and I just was like, oh man, it'd be, be awesome for these kids to see like three older ladies still rocking, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then just, and, and cool dads rocking, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. As someone, you know, in, in, in your forties now, like does, does playing punk rock feel different at all than it did, I guess, when you were, you know, in, in, in your teens, you know, like hammering those drums, like a, uh, roid on gorillas, <laughs> a, a roid on gorillas. That's a slip up. <laughs> the gorilla is I on mean, the roids. Yeah. yeah I, I think, you know, KCAR is just, it, it's such a fun outlet. And like, you, we, we, we have band practice at nine fifteen. In, on Monday mornings so you know oh, wow. we're like drinking coffee or like having our early grade tea or whatever <laughs> we're practicing you know we drop off the kids and then we go and and, and play tunes um, blast yeah. music or whatever so yeah there I mean there, there's there's definitely big differences um there there's that you know playing in your 20s there's that sense of urgency and like wanting to like you know that political activism side maybe too but you know being in your mid forties, it's, it's more almost like reflective and you're like appreciative of it and, mm. and can sort of be in the moment and be like, Oh man, I'm so stoked that I'm like still doing this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's so much fun. And like, I think the level of appreciation for getting to play in a band and, and hanging out with your friends all the time and creating music and still, you know, still with that representation piece of the puzzle, you know, and, but, um, yeah. So yeah, it's not that, not that same sense of urgency, but it's more like a, Oh, I'm going to be, this is the, my band for the rest of my life. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> now, um, KCAR has released a few things, but, but uh, have, have you recorded with, with KCAR yet? Like, is there, is there we, anything yeah. in the works? We are actually recording in either January or February. Yeah. So we're recording in 2023. I'm super stoked. <laughs> Cool. Where, where are you, yeah. you going to do that? We're going to do it in Jeff and Jenny's basement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a like a single, like an album. Like, well, well, how much do you think you're going to record? I think we're going for an album. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. You know, we'll, we can just hang out in the house setting and eat snacks and <laughs> and be silly and just like hopefully create like a fun, good vibe. And um, actually, 
we're going to be recording with a fellow named Jeffrey and he goes by DJ Jeffrey Pop. I can't, I actually don't know his last name, Okay. <laughs> but he's awesome. Yeah. And he's really excited to, yeah. he's got some ideas to capture the, the, the music and, um, and he's like a fan, you know? So it's like, oh, it's somebody who actually knows our music and like has been to our <laughs> shows. And so that, that's, that's awesome. fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love merch too. So like, I'm really excited to have like a, a record and um, we just got t-shirts made, which I'm really excited about. So now we have yeah. like a merch box, which I totally remember from like, you know, dragging out the merch boxes from when you're on tour and stuff and setting up the merch table. And yeah, that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, what, what, what are the t-shirt designs? Ooh, so Fiona is a, a painter and an artist. So she did the designs and they're pretty sweet (laughs) and then jenny um she like she owns a vintage clothing business and so she found a bunch of um like dead stock or not in dead stock sort of old vintagey feel shirts that are basically vintage i think there's a name for them um so they already have this the white shirts already have this like nice worn in feel like you've you've already had it for like 20 years you know and so we had um, one design screen printed on those and then um, another design uh, screen printed on black black shirts. So they're pretty sweet. <laughs> sick, sick. Yeah. Uh, I I think in general, th- like we've gone over quite a bit. This was this was awesome. Like uh, I know. Yeah. Well, like, thank you, um, Greg, for being interested and wanting to talk. <laughs> well, you know? Yeah, I, um, I love. Yeah, I love this old stuff. Like, so one one of the reasons I would like I, I among many that I wanted to get in touch with you is like I saw on the K Car uh, Instagram that video of Sob Story, and <laughs> yeah. it, it it connected. It was like, why do I know that name? Why do I know that name? Oh and my it's, god! Yeah. It, and it was because I had that poster. With yeah. sob stories name on it, but it but it's crossed out. Like uh, so, I, it was, it's, it's, this is kind of like a a, a tre- like a treasure hunt for me. Like, like <laughs> yeah, like so. oh man, Lindsay was in that band that canceled. What happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got so it. I need to know that. the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so twenty it's, years it's, after, it's, it's really it's really cool to to finally hear something. Uh, for, you know, to just to kind of put the put the music to the name, I suppose is the, the way to put it. And then yeah, just all the um, other stuff. Like uh, I did see Le Petit Mot once. I saw you a ton when you're in uh, Radio Berlin. So it's yeah. yeah, it's just nice to reconnect a lot of <laughs> those uh, experiences. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me, Greg. That was actually a lot of fun to you know go down memory lane and <laughs> think about all this yeah. stuff again. Anytime. Um, but yeah, Anytime. I mean, yeah. My advice to any younger person who might be listening is just like make sure you save those posters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and well, to, to have fun and just like you know just appreciate what you're doing because you're not always going to be doing it you know absolutely Well, once again, that was Lindsay Sung, currently of KCAR, formerly of Radio Berlin, uh, The Sob Story, Le Petit Mal, uh, a number of other projects over the years. Super glad to get into that. Um, I'll back up Lindsay's uh, point about just hanging on to the ephemera that you that you uh, come across over the years. If you're you know playing in bands or just seeing shows, you know, hold on to your ticket stubs, hold on to your flyers. 
that that shit doesn't really take up a lot of room you know put it in a box give it a look every once in a while a little nostalgia is okay uh, it's okay by me once again if you want to uh, subscribe to the gut feeling newsletter you can find out all the information at buttondown.email slash gut feeling you can find all of the Gut Feeling podcast episodes over at Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, currently Sounder, though that's going under by the end of the year, and and other places where you find your podcasts. Uh, check those out if you'd like. Uh, that'd be sick. I'll leave it there, and uh, yeah, I'll catch you the next time. Mm-hmm.